The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. It's hard to believe it's been 22 years since the U.S. was attacked on September 11, 2001. On that day, nearly 3,000 people were killed in the attacks on the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, in the attempted attack that resulted in the crash of United Flight 93 in Somerset County, Pennsylvania. Thousands were injured. And more than 20 years later, it's likely more people have died as a result of the pollutants in the period after the collapse of the Twin Towers. That's according to a New York Times article back in 2021. Joseph Pfeiffer was there that day. He was in downtown Manhattan on 9-11, investigating with his firefighters the smell of gas when he witnessed the first plane crash into the World Trade Center. He was the first FDNY chief at the scene and in 2018, after 37 years with the FDNY, was the last fire chief who'd been at ground zero to retire. Two years ago, on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, he published a book, Ordinary Heroes, a memoir of 9-11. Joseph Pfeiffer joins us now. He's also, I should note, unretired, having been appointed FDNY first deputy commissioner back in March. Chief, it's good to have you with us. Oh, it's good to be with you today. You know, every year around this time, I wonder what people think about who were there that day. And you were, of course, one of the first people who were there that day. What does this time of year mean to you? It's a time to remember. It's a time to remember the, the, the tragedy of that day, but it's also a time to remember how how our firefighters ran into danger to save lives. And there's another thing that, that, that we need to remember is that the global community came together mm-hmm. and we supported each other in, in one voice a, against terrorism. You were the first fire chief at the World Trade Center on that day. And remarkably, you already had a documentary film crew with you filming another instance as far as when you were dealing with a routine gas leak. What kind of goes through your mind whenever you think back to that moment, having already been down there before everything began? I remember it was a beautiful summer morning with bright sunshine. And we were standing in the, in the street at a at an ordinary emergency. And then all of a sudden we heard a loud noise of planes coming overhead. And as you know, we never hear planes in Manhattan because of the tall buildings. And then I see this plane flying at a very low altitude, so low I could read on the fuselage American. And it raced past us at, 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 at fast speed. And I saw the plane aim and crash into the World Trade Center. And in that moment, I knew that this was no accident, that this was a direct attack. And that's the message I gave on the radio. And really in that moment, our entire world changed. And the next 102 minutes would evolve with uh, traumatic memories of uh, what took place. You must have replayed those moments in your head countless times at this point. I, I do. And one of the moments I, I remember is that as we 
pulled up to the World Trade Center, we saw smoke coming out of the top and, and flames coming out. And, and people started to gather um, by the windows. And we knew that at, at that time there would be like 20,000 people within the, the World Trade Center complex. And every firefighter, every paramedic, every, every fire marshal, every um, police officer, every responder looked at the burning buildings and they knew they were going to the most dangerous fire of their lives. And they made a personal choice to go in. And even though this is our job, this is what we do, it still was a personal choice to, to run into danger. And your brother, Kevin, was amongst those that went up. And it was interesting that the documentary crew that you were with actually had a moment where the two of you were talking and he went up there. When you think back to that moment, how do you feel? Yeah, I, th I think back to the moment when he came up to me without saying a word. And we looked at each other wondering if we we're both going to be okay. And then I ordered him to go up to evacuate and to rescue those that were trapped. It's, and it was the same order I gave many fire officers. And I think of back to that moment, which was a special moment, that we saw each other, and then I saw him take his unit, Engine 33, and turn to climb the, the narrow stairs of the World Trade Center. So whenever you talk about in your memoir called Ordinary Heroes, is that the ordinary hero that you're talking about? That is. Um, and as my brother went up and other firefighters went up, people were coming down. And the firefighters said to people, don't stop, keep going. You can make it out of here. Some simple words. Um, and those words we know from people who survived, those words made a difference because they made it out. When I think about 9-11, I remember where I was, along with many other, the people who are around my age and older. They remember where they were, they remember what they were experiencing. It was sort of like a, you know, talking to my parents that moment that John F. Kennedy was killed or talking to my grandparents that moment that Pearl Harbor was attacked. Since 9-11, tens of millions of Americans have been born. People who only heard about 9-11 as stories, they didn't live through it, they didn't experience it. How do you keep the memory of these ordinary heroes, keep the legacy of them, in a world where it's increasingly becoming a distant memory? The memory of 9-11 is, is part of history. And certainly our young people, many of them weren't even born. And they can read about it, but they also can see documentaries and I think that's a different experience, that they actually, looking at a documentary, experience it again. And the, the question for us, I think, is what do we want them to learn from it? Is this just an event that they, they look at it on, a, on a, a program? Or is, it, is there more meaning to it? And I, I believe that we, we, we want our young people to understand what took place that day. <clears throat> and, and we do it with our, our probationary firefighters. We bring them to the 9-11 Museum and, and for them to walk around and see the burnt out fire trucks, 
we, we want them to experience what took place. But I think as they look at this event as part of history, and they see our our firefighters and first responders running in, they see them as superheroes um, running into danger. And you know, it can never be a superhero. It's it's just too difficult to 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 do those things. And what what I tell them is that uh, on that day, our heroes did ordinary things, but at an extraordinary time. And I think when they think of 9-11 as that, as ordinary heroes, they can start to imagine themselves as, as being one of those heroes. And we need that today more than anything else. We, we need our new generation, our young generation, to tackle some of the problems that we're experiencing. Not only do we have to deal with acts of, of violence and, and terrorism um, and homeland security issues, but we have uh, issues of climate change or what I'm referring to now as, as climate security. How do we deal with the, the heat the wildfires that we, we saw in, in Maui, um, the storms. And I, I think that's what our, our new generation, our young generation, should see themselves as part of the, part of the solution to, to those problems. Earlier this year, you actually came out of retirement to take on a new job as the nation's largest fire department here, and you were named first deputy commissioner, so that's the second highest civilian rank in the department managing those day-to-day operations. So very impressive. What motivated you to do this after you did retire from the FDNY in 2018? It's coming back to the the fire department that I love, right. that, that's, that's so much part of my life, and, and saying, yeah, I got some more work to do. Mm. I, I there's 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 other things that that I can do now. As uh, as I mentioned, is it's not only um, responding to emergencies here, but how do we shape the the department um, to deal with lithium battery f- fires and and to to deal with um, the the climate change uh, safety issues. Uh, so it's. It's for me. It's it's exciting going to work every day. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable that in the last twenty years, twenty two years, and moving forward, we'll probably see more people die as a result of the toxins, the pollutants at Ground Zero, than who were actually killed in the attacks. And continue, we continue to see members of the FDNY die each year as a result of of this. How do we keep those heroes? in our memory, even though they're dealing with the health effects decades later. It's hard to believe that 22 years later, we're approaching the number of, uh, of our firefighters that, that died. We, we, on 9-11, we lost 343 of our, our members, and we're approaching that number. We're at 341. Um, that died from post 9/11 d- diseases, from from the, the toxins that, that that you've mentioned, and we keep those memories alive by 
in the FDNY by putting their names up on a on a wall, and we're putting up for for this year forty three names um, that have just died in the in the in the last year. So we have at our fire department headquarters a plaque of with the names of all the firefighters that have died since the beginning of the FDNY, and opposite, including the 9-11, uh, 9-11 firefighters, and opposite that are the firefighters and our, our members and our medical uh, EMS folks that died um, post 9-11. As we come to this 22nd anniversary, whenever you're speaking with family members of those who are gonna have their names added, how are they feeling at this moment? There's a a level of sadness, but at the same time, there's a, a sense that we're supporting each other, and they're not alone. And I think um, coming together as as the department and other family members that, that have lost um, loved ones, we stand arm in arm, and we stand arm in arm with the city of New York and the country and even the world. And in that sense, we can make it through it. Do you think there's more work to be done in taking care of those, not just members of the FDNY, but those who are living with the effects of 9-11? Is there more that Congress can do? There's definitely more um, that Congress can do. They continue to uh, fund our, our, our medical programs, and, um, and we're dependent on that. In, in FDNY, um, for the people who have got sick, um, that they've survived, actually 85% of them survived longer than what was expected mm. because of our medical programs. And, and those medical pro- programs uh, uh, aren't cheap. And seeing physicians and, and treatment. So Congress has a responsibility to, to care for, for the victims, not just from that day, but the victims that we're seeing now. And um, so I would, I would ask Congress for, uh, for our families and our, our, our future families uh, who are suffering from, from, from 9-11 cancer to, uh, to continue to help those families. What motivates you to keep serving? As Jess mentioned, you unretired after nearly 40 years with the FDNY. And I think a lot of people in your position would, would say, hey, that was, that was a great career. A lot of people probably said to you that was a great career. I like the term unretired. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've used it. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually fun being unretired, going back and looking at new challenges and, uh, and looking at the um, complexities we, we have to deal with, and bringing together our experienced people and our young people coming in and, and saying, okay, we can do this together. We can protect the city. We, we can deal with um, new challenges, new disasters, um, and we can do it together, which is the, the secret. And, and it, it's not just within FDNY. Uh, I, I work closely with NYPD and, uh, and emergency management. And, um, and, and the city should be proud. There's, there's some good people serving um, New York City. 
Well, Chief Pfeiffer, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you taking the time. And thank you. It's it great to be with both of you. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.